0: 423 Get Fame. That's 423 Get Fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want. But don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Masquerada Sagrada, and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast. My name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. Follow my co-host friend and producer, Greg, at XMaserati on Twitter. Follow the show at GC underscore cast. Of course, check me out every Wednesday night after AEW Dynamite on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. That is a podcast dedicated to hero-based movies. The recording date is February 15, Tuesday night. We are here to review Season 3, Episode 5 of Lucha Underground. The working title of that episode was The Prince and the Monster. Greg, real quick, how are you doing? Actually, no, no, I know how you're doing. So let's get right into it, if that's all right with you, man.
1: That works for me.
0: <laughs> all right, cool, cool. <clears throat> All right, so to start the show, we have Dario Cueto next to the dial. And whose name should land on that dial of doom but the name of Prince Puma? So tonight, and not right now, it's going to be the main event. Tonight, we have got Prince Puma challenging for just the second time. To- yeah, no, pardon me, the third time in his career. For Either way, either way. Prince Puma challenging for the Lucha Underground Championship against Matanza Cueto later on in the show. Boy, oh boy, going into this, I was not too excited. I didn't know exactly what they were going to do, but knowing how most of these Matanza matches go, I was not super excited going in, but as we'll find out, I was pleasantly surprised by that match.
1: You know, I was actually kind of excited to, to record these episodes because... You know we especially me, I had a sour taste in my mouth after the end of the previous season. Yes, but in in a in a vacuum, this season actually is especially episodes, especially these two episodes specifically are, are really good. and they they do what they set out to do very well, I think in in pretty much almost all regards, even even in in avenues and and uh, storylines I don't care for, even with characters I might not be interested in they seem to be doing everything or most of everything correctly or they're they they execute they 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 set out to do the right things whether or not they execute it you know that's always like any given sunday but uh, there it, it seems like everything is done well or planned out well so far
0: yes yes now the chimps play us in and we're gonna get right to our first match of the night we got evil East versus the mariposa and Real quick summary of this match: two words, actually, technically three words, because one's slang. Physical AF. Yeah, it was a good.
1: This was a very good, uh, match. Like you, you, people would criticize like Ring of Honor and Indies for not having much story, and just going for big impact moves. This was story in the, in the, in these moves in these sequences. You know, just just different different setups, different different. Uh, conflicts throughout the match uh a little bit more grounded it's an opener so they didn't go too crazy with you know over the top moves but there was some physicality like you said so like i you know i'm not the biggest fan of evil but this match was really good
0: it was really good evil East actually got the win with the code red or some people might call it the canadian destroyer sunset flip power bomb whatever you want to call it evil gets the win but after the match she is jumped by Marty the Moth, and we get an assisted splash kind of thing from the Mariposa and Marty onto the right onto the ribcage of Eva And she just like she can't breathe. And the the Martinez siblings are just posturing over Eva And uh, we will have this revisited later on in the episode.
1: They they did some pretty cool spots. Uh, we're not going to go everything, but there was one spot where Marty interrupts, and then as Eva is distracted with Marty. Their Mary Posa comes up and attacks her from behind and is holding her and screaming at her, you know, apologize to my brother. And Marty's shouting at her, tell me you love me, you know, so they're they're expanding upon insanities of both characters. You know, she's entitled princess, broken princess. He's just one of those really sexually creepy guys that's just, you know, you can feel bad for him because they want love, but they the way they execute it, the way they go about it is not really love. It's, it's wrong and it's, you know, perverted. It's, you know, a little bit rapey, you know, he's a bad guy and it, it's a, it's a very grounded kind of evil bad guy that, you know, I think it can, it can trigger in a good way. People watching the show, like you're going to root against him. You want him to get his ass whooped. Like you really do. And that's a good heel. And, you know, Wrestling's fake, so we're all, <laughs> no one's going to get hurt. Well.
0: Exactly, exactly. So after that segment, we cut to Dario on the phone in his office when Johnny Mundo knocks on the door. And Johnny's complaining that Prince Puma got the title shot. And Dario assures him, like, hey, fate wasn't on your side. I'm sorry, you know. And Johnny's like, "What? what's this about fate? I don't believe in fate. You think fate or divine intervention gave me these abs and he pulls his shirt up? <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. And Johnny said, you know, I want a real, tangible title shot. You know, in that Atomico's match, Sexy Star got pinned. Sexy Star lost the match. And Dario was like, you know what? You're right. She did get pinned. And who pinned her but Jack Evans? So, you know what? With that idea in mind, next week, we're going to do Jack Evans versus Sexy Star for the Gift of the Gods Championship. I love how Dario just continues to, like, just get at, like, just pick at Johnny Mundo just as much as possible.
1: It's very good, and as we'll see in this episode, and I think even next episode, this continues a, a storyline. Even by next episode, I'm not sure exactly where the end game is. And I'm going to come back to this maybe next epi- episode, maybe later in this one. They're doing a really good job of continuing storylines at a very organic pace. Not mm-hmm. rushing them. They have yeah. lots of different different beats, different sequences, and, and this is uh very healthily healthfully paced. So this this goes places I like.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And <laughs> speaking of healthily paced storylines, we see a vignette and this vignette just tells us follow the white rabbit. Follow the white rabbit. And then TikTok. They'll be here soon. <laughs>
1: They, they, the the spoiler is that they're not soon enough for me. They're not here soon enough because I, I love what, what is coming.
0: Yeah. And
1: I remember just being like, when is it? Like, I didn't even know what was coming, but yeah. I just remember being like, get here already. And yeah. when I got here, I loved it.
0: So when I saw the TikTok flash across the screen, of course, I knew who Killer Cross was. Spoiler alert. I knew who Killer <laughs> Cross was in 2016, but I was one of probably very few, if I can be honest with you. But now, you know, if you're watching in retrospect, you see that TikTok. you're like, oh, that's probably a cross thing we got going on here. And and maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Probably is, though.
1: Yeah, I I remember at the time, you know, seeing some spoilers talking about him. And I think he originally came from TNA.
0: No, no. This was actually uh, Killer Cross's first big. Like this was probably his TV debut. So he's an indie guy before this. Yes, exactly. He mostly worked in, like, the Vegas and a little bit in New York as well.
1: Okay. I mean, I still haven't seen a lot of him, even though he's been around. And not because I'm avoiding him, it's just he's never really been in... He wasn't in TNA when I was watching. I wasn't yeah. watching NXT when he was in there. What he, what I've seen of him in, in Lucha Underground, the only thing I'd say is I I wanted more. He never really gets a, another spoiler. He never really gets a chance to really... Do much, unfortunately, (laughs) and and he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't do anything. It's just they the way they 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 uh, debuted him was you know similar where they they don't give everything away right away. They're kind of like teasing what he can do,
0: you know. Exactly, exactly. Now after that, we have got our second match of the night. Pardon me, and this is match two of the best of five for the ultimate opportunity. Of course, Cage has the 1-0 lead in the series, and. Okay, I wrote down, we got a deadlift suplex by Cage. That was awesome. We also got... A, this was a Hoss fight. Just pure and simple. hos fight. Now, they did fly around a little bit, but by, but by and large, Hoss fight.
1: And, there, and, I, and, I, and admittedly, I did tune out of this one Yeah. a little bit. Not because it was bad, but because they still were kind of saving some stuff. Still good match. Yep. I'm sure if I went back and... Paid attention to it. Uh, I had some other stuff going on. I'm sure if I if I had the opportunity to pay attention to it completely, I'm sure I would have liked it. Because Cage and and Tejano, Tejano, they surprisingly like they have some chemistry.
0: They do. They yes, they so. work
1: well together.
0: I would agree. I would agree, sir. And by the way, Cage hits the uh, well. What WWE and most mainstream fans know as the F5, but. <laughs> Right before he hits it, he calls it the Luchador Destroyer. Good <laughs> move.
1: Cage is great in Lucha Underground. I mean, I know we oh. say it all the time, but I'd like to see him used more in AEW.
0: Yeah, that's not gonna happen. He'll be used more in Impact when he gets over there. So Cage gets the win and leads the series two zero. So Tejano's back is against the wall.
1: It is. He's got. He's got to make you some changes. Win,
0: dude yes to change up the game plan, maybe shuffle up the lineup if this were baseball, that sort of thing. After that, we go to the back and we see the artist known as Sammy Callahan comforting his girl, Eva Lee. And Sammy's name is Jeremiah Crane, for what it's worth. And you know, Jeremiah's just like, "Hey, you know, like I saw, you know, you got jumped out there, and, you know, I'd love to help. I'd love to fight. And they have the open invitation for everyone, and East is like, you know what? Like, no, I want to keep my dating and my work life separate. And I love this line, because Jeremiah, he says, like, hey, you know what? Like, what you and I have, it's way stronger than what you had with Son of Chaos. (laughs) Great Great stuff.
1: I mean, it's a pretty... I mean, you can see the, the seeds of a pretty toxic relationship. Neither one is great.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: He's very toxic, though. Like, she's yeah. she's just not a girl you want to end up with because she's just abrasive and confrontational. And mm. She'd probably beat you up, but he's, he's definitely, like, gaslighting her and, you know, sure. playing mind games.
0: For sure, for sure. Oh, by the way, Jeremiah's like, hey, how about we, you know, hit the bar, get some drinks, blah blah blah, and or I think Eva pitches it actually. She Jer- does, she does, and Jeremiah pulls out a pulls out his flask and says, well, why not? Well, is like, why wait? And then Eva says, well, I guess I'm driving.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, not an ideal boyfriend, I, w- I would assume, but she's the type that's probably in character, not in real life, but in character, she's playing a, the type of woman that that is attracted to. Yeah, that kind of. Uh, personality unfortunately for the uh, character of evilese
0: absolutely absolutely and now we cut to our main event of course matanza versus prince puma for the lucha underground championship i didn't write a lot of notes down here on this match but and you know they've kind of like beat this over our heads since like the middle of the second season but this title and these these prizes, they are secondary to Matanza. Because the first thing Matanza does when he gets in the ring, he throws the belt down.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, like, what, possessed?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: So, like, he doesn't really give a shit.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know what? I loved this match, and I loved it for one reason. This match showed us that Matanza is beatable. In fact, <laughs> Prince Puma had him beat. He
1: this is the strongest Prince Puma I've ever seen.
0: Absolutely. In the
1: temple. Like, I mean, this is.
0: Even before, like, even comparing his title run. Like, yes, this is the strongest we've seen him.
1: Easily, easily better. He he was always fighting from underneath. And in this one, he picks up Matanza off the ground into a regular suplex, just deadlifts him Mm -hmm. and brain busters him. Like, yeah, that was. Sorry, can you hear the back? What's that?
0: Can you hear a vacuum right now?
1: Nope. Okay, good. No, he he deadlifts him into a suplex, just in the in the capture suplex style, just lifts him off the ground and brainbusters him. I can't emphasize how hard that must have been, too. Because Matanza's... It's Jeff Cobb, and yep. he's he may not be the tallest guy in the world, but he's... But
0: he's a thick boy.
1: Stocky. He's got some low center of gravity, so... I was worried he'd pull his back out, but this is these the, these spots were great. I don't know anyone that would not enjoy this match. I, I it was probably one of my favorite matches in all of Lucha Underground. Might not win because others have more storyline emphasis in them that makes them kind of like a little bit more important. But this was incredible. It was the strongest Prince Puma. That I mean, he's he's guess he's getting closer to the dark side. Even Vampiro in this episode next episode I forget all the things he said but he really everything he said on the commentary added to each match especially this one
0: No absolutely absolutely and you can see like Vampiro really like really wants to be the the uh, the sensei for for Prince Puma <laughs> That is evident for sure
1: very evident and you want to get you ready to go into the the finish? Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Prince Puma hit the 630. And then for probably the most heat he's ever had in the temple, <laughs> Mil Muertes comes in and spears the crap out of Prince Puma. Darío says, you know, says to the ref, he says, I didn't see that and neither did you. <laughs>
1: I mean, Mill came out, and he fucking killed him, dude.
0: Yes, he did. He did. And the crowd absolutely hated it. And I don't even think it's like, oh, uh, F you, Mill This It's more like, damn it, we want to see Matanza lose the title.
1: And you know what the crazy thing is? Is it wasn't even like one of those really contrived, like, run-in distraction finishes. Mill has a good reason for wanting to fuck over Puma right now. Because Puma's been pushing his buttons for the last couple episodes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if if he wanted to hurt Puma, this was the opportunity to cost him a title shot right when he had it won. To against... cost him
0: the title, yeah. He was going to be a two-time Lucha Underground champion.
1: So this this made perfect... It was deserved. It was perfect mm-hmm. sense. It keeps everybody strong. You know, it gets the heat on the right people. Like I said, these are some, like, really, like, textbookly, like... Yeah. Uh, these are well-done episodes.
0: Yes, absolutely, Also, flatliner on Prince Puma. Meal kind of leaves the ring, but he he stares down Matanza. He's not, you know, he didn't forget about Matanza. And Matanza picks up Prince Puma, Wrath of the Gods, and Matanza retains the Lucha Underground Championship. But that's not all. We cut to Killshot, who's doing incline bench, when Joey Ryan comes in, hands him an envelope, and I, I love it because Killshot's like, "Where'd you get this?" And Joey Joey's like, "What? what do you think I'm a, de- a detective or something?"
1: Yeah, <laughs> he said, "What does the guy look like?" He's like, "I don't know."
0: Yeah. Either way, on it it reads, "You left me for dead." Someone from Killshot's past, may be coming to the temple.
1: I mean, Killshot's another character. Like th- throughout the beginning, like. Maybe even I think the near the end of previous seasons when he had the WND match. Yeah. Uh, this season they have a lot of separate storylines and they're well, they're much better paced. Like they might miss an episode or two here, but and not much more than that before they come back to a character, or something else happens to advance the storyline. Like I know the first season, like some of the wrestlers couldn't get there, for yeah. taping. Everything must have aligned perfectly, and they, and they must have had a perfect time to like plan it out because. Everything comes back naturally. Everything keeps moving forward. I mean, we just saw Puma and Matanza. We saw Matanza and and Dario Cueto storyline, cross of Puma and and Mil Mortes. I'm not entirely sure where Isis is going at the moment, but we will see havoc and and uh, Masquerita soon cajun tejano like there's a lot of it sounds like there's a lot that would get lost in the shuffle but they're they're managing to keep it you know well done
0: yes absolutely absolutely and now with that we can we can grade this episode and i'm gonna give this a well-earned b plus
1: i'm gonna give it an a just just because i think it's it deserves it i mean it's it's it might be one of my favorite. I, I I hesitate to always say like you know the best, but this is one of this was one of my favorite Prince Puma matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was invested in. This. I think there was also a powerbomb spot that was fucking wicked too. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I just story's great. The commentary was amazing. Uh, you'd have to go back <laughs> and listen to it. Uh, it was like everyone you know took notes from the first two seasons and learned and just got better. You know, I, I really have no complaints. I, even the match I, I couldn't pay attention to. It wasn't because the match was boring. It's just because you know, sometimes stuff happens in real life and you can't pay attention right away.
0: Exactly, exactly. But hey, folks, that is the show. We thank you for listening. As always, check out everything else here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You know, rate, review, follow, subscribe, do all that great stuff. We thank, like I said, we thank you for listening and. Uh, just remember that if you have beef with milmore at this, you might suffer grave consequences.